you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Bill's Pipes, W Wheels, and Just One Helmets. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, a very special guest tonight. We've got none other than Scott Metz on the line. How's it going, Scott? Oh, uh, it's going. It's pretty good, I guess. It could be wet, better, but uh, it could be a lot worse. <laughs> I think we could all agree with that. But uh, so, uh, what are you doing these days? What are you doing for work? Uh, before we dive into that illustrious career of yours, uh, what what does what does Scott Metz do on a daily basis uh, now? Post post motocross. Well, basically, I go to sleep every night. <clears throat> Most people do that. Yeah, uh, some don't, but I do. Uh, wake up. Get ready for work. I go to work at a place called Conveyor Solutions, uh, designing food grade conveyor systems. And uh, actually, they are one of my uh, sponsors. They they help me out, you know, for this Road to Loretta's deal that I'm doing. Uh, yeah, so they uh, they actually they're helping me out with that. But uh, yeah, I do that. I just work every day now and. Uh, uh, I'm big into the mountain biking. Uh, I like that. That's that's my new thing, pretty much. Well, right on. Um, what what made you get into that field? Uh, is that the first thing that came to uh, your plate after uh, professional motocross uh, was was no longer a thing for you? Um, there. You talking about my job? What I do? Yeah. Um. Well, actually, I. Uh, in high school, I went to a, uh, a vocational school doing uh, AutoCAD and stuff like that. And then uh, right after high school, uh, I went to college for a little bit. And then I started racing, so I quit. And then uh, I just actually just kept taking classes here and there. And it ended up uh, with, with the job that I currently do now. Uh, which is just designing conveyor systems, uh, making you know the the prints for them and all that. There you go, a guy, a motocross racer with a an education that uh, paid dividends after the long career. Um, have you come across any athletes that you either competed with or that you see coming up now who uh, don't exactly set themselves up uh, well for uh, life after motocross? Uh I've, you know, you hear some here and there, like uh, some of your uh, bigger name riders that, you know, go to prison for a little while and get out. And uh, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like they they uh, they did the right thing after their uh, career, but whatever, I guess. So you'd mentioned that uh, you're heading to Loretta Lynn's this year. Uh, first first time you're heading there since your pro career, or has this become an annual thing for you? Um, I've been two other times. Uh, I went 
uh, I think, in 95 when I was in the uh, 125C class. And then uh, I went in 2002 in uh, the Open Pro Sport class. And I sucked um, pretty bad both times. Um, yeah, it wasn't. Actually, when I went in uh, 95, uh, it was so muddy, we only did two motos, uh, which I don't think that happens too often there. No, they usually are able to get those motos in, especially since they uh, stretch things out over uh, basically an entire week. Uh, what was your amateur career like growing up? What what age did you start racing dirt bikes? Uh, and um, how did you develop uh, this, a skill level to the point where you felt like uh, going pro was uh, a legitimate thing for you? Uh, I started at, uh, I started riding when I was 11 with a couple of my buddies. Um, they, we were like the uh, trailer park clique. They, uh, a bunch of my buddies lived in the trailer park and they all had dirt bikes and that was our hangout. We all went down there and we'd get on their dirt bikes and ride from the trailer park behind the high school and just get a ride. And then, yeah, I don't know. One of my buddies got into racing, so um, he was doing that, and I would go watch him all the time. And uh, his dad kind of started helping me out so I could race. And that got me into the racing, and then, uh, I don't know, I was, 15 or so, 16, and uh, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to work or nothing, so I was like, you know, I need to step it up on my dirt bike so I don't have to work and make a little money, and that's what I did. I actually started going faster and making a little money racing, and I'd never even had a job until I was, I don't know, maybe 24, uh, when, when, uh, my ex got pregnant with my son. As soon as he got pregnant, I I got a job. So I was like, ah, I need to have some sort of backup. And uh, I was doing masonry then. You're a bricklayer. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I'm a bricklayer. Like That's that awesome. Job too. Yeah, uh, we uh, we mainly focused on like uh, chimneys and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. We did a yeah, we did a few uh, houses, but not too many. But um. It, uh, I like that job, actually. It's cool. It keeps you busy. No like, doubt. Like, sitting man. at a desk. Yeah, sitting at a desk all day, like what I do now, just, God, the day just drags on. I mean, it's a good job for, like, somebody that's, like, 70 or 80, but I'm not 70 or 80 yet. I feel like it sometimes. <laughs> no doubt. After a, a career in motocross, definitely some some bumps and bruises along the way. Uh, interesting that you got into masonry. Uh, of course, that's my vocation. That's my trade that uh, I make my living with. Um, uh, <clears throat> did, did 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 you do any of that before you were uh, you're racing? And the, like like did getting a job or having to do a real job fuel some sort of a fire for you to uh, want to continue to? Uh, be fast on a motocross bike and uh, basically use that to stay away from <laughs> stay away from uh, working. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I freaking hate work so bad. Like anything I have to do, I don't really like. Besides riding dirt bikes, um, that I don't know. It was just like the dirt bike thing was kind of, I guess, a little bit natural for me. I don't know why I've, I've always been on two wheels and stuff. And then, 
dirt bikes is, I don't know, pretty, pretty natural, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it, it, I didn't want to work, so I would just ride my dirt bike. And it, I think it actually caused a lot more stress on me because I got gray hair a lot on the sides now. And I think it's a lot of stress, like worrying about doing good at races because if I didn't do good, then I would have to work or something. You know, you got to come up with some money. 100%. Now, uh, you, you're pro career spans from 2000 to 2005 um did you did you do any races after that like you'd mentioned that your girlfriend got pregnant do you did you uh cut it off right there or did you still ride fairly a fair bit even like as a, on a recreational level um well i mean i kept riding well i kept racing locally um but i was also working so i'd work all week and then get race weekends um but the, the pro stuff, it was more like, I wasn't serious about it. It was just like, whatever, I'll get a sign up for a pro race and whatever happens, happens. And, you know, it was just all, it was mostly more for fun because then I had a job and I wasn't so stressed on money. Fair enough. Um, you're you're the kind of guy that was would have been on the road doing these nationals, uh, the select rounds that you do every single year. Uh, and uh, curious to see that in 2001 you rode Suzuki's on a two in the 250 class and a 125 uh, at uh, Kenworthy. Um, what's uh, first of all, what was it like life on the road? Uh, most likely with uh, some companions on the road, as well as uh, switching bike brands to uh, to race on the weekends. Uh, what was it like? Um, it was normal for me. I mean, I freaking rode junk my whole life. Um, but I think that year you're talking about, I think I was riding a Suzuki and I came back east yeah, because I, I think I rode, like, uh, Glen Helen in Sacramento on a Suzuki 250, and I think I came back, and it might have been a year I rode, I borrowed somebody's Yamaha 250F and rode the 125 class, maybe. Okay, might yeah. Be the year you um, now, that was freaking, <laughs> I was actually impressed with that, because I borrowed some dude's bike, never rode it before, and then qualified on it, and I don't know. I don't think my results were that good. Well, that was your best result of the whole summer. <laughs> well, shit, 30, on a borrowed bike. That means, yeah, that means the bike, was, the bike wasn't clapped out for me riding it then, I guess. <laughs> I swear, I've, I've always rode junk. And then uh, uh, the, I rode for the, what was it, DTO Sports uh, Honda team. I don't even know what year it was. Um, and they had them. Yeah, I think it was 2005. And uh, I rode for them out of the fill in. And oh, man, those bikes were too damn fast for me. <laughs> I was freaking, I couldn't hold on to them. I, I, I remember asking if they could just put the stock motor back in, and uh, they didn't want to. No, for sure. They want to have that uh, that horny race engine that gets you out of the hole nice and quick. Um, what are some of the uh, the challenges of being a, a, a predominantly a privateer rider? Uh, like, I got to imagine uh, you're not privy to some of those uh, high strength parts, those light parts that uh, and like the 
uh, ignition systems that the the, the top level guys had. Uh, I don't even even remember uh, you saying something about uh, uh, wrecking a, a couple a, a number of uh, rear wheels in uh, Red Bud trying to uh, stretch out that uh, Larocco's leap. Yeah, oh, man, that's the the biggest disadvantage is you know for the privateers they don't have access to all the parts that you know your riders on the teams do like you know a, a rider could you know say blow out a wheel they could be done for the rest of the week or weekend or whatever unless unless you know somebody lets them use one or whatever but if, if they lock up a motor they're freaking done and then they're also out all kinds of money from it too where the guys that are you know on the teams none of that comes out of their pocket they don't have to stress about it because they got other people working on it, you know, changing the motor right there, getting everything ready. All they got to do is, you know, mentally be ready, you know, yeah, eat go, their food. Go whatever, chill out the air conditioning dog. and uh, the bike will be fixed when you come back sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, like when you're on a team and stuff, you got more chicks over there too, a lot more chicks than a guy that's going to be out of the vein. So. There's a lot more benefits to being on a team. I'm sure you still were able to pull some chicks in the van, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Couple, I guess. Couple, I guess. Um, who uh, who did you uh, travel any of the series with? Did you have any notables or guys that you'd routinely go with? or uh, Did you work on your bikes yourself, or uh, did you have a mechanic that traveled with you? Well, I was uh, I kept going back and forth with uh, uh, two two mechanics. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, Tommy Burner, what a last name Burner, uh, and then uh, Ryan Roth, which uh, he did. Uh, he he was stuck with me a whole lot. Um, you know, local races, everything. Uh, he lives right down the street from me, and we still hang out often and all that. He actually just had triplets, so I probably won't see him ever again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was basically him, and then I don't know if you uh, remember a, a kid named, uh, well, guy now, uh, David Hill. Uh, he rode the number 357 machine. He looked like the little Ricky Carmichael. Um, well, he, he, was, uh, he traveled with us everywhere, too. We were like a little duo. We uh, we kind of took care of each other. Like, you know, how whatever place either of us got, we would put the money together and split it. So we would split anything. Like, if we ever had, like, band problems, whatever, we'd split everything. And, uh, you know, say, like, one, one race, I don't qualify or whatever, and he does, and I get his money. So... Well, we, we just split everything. It made it pretty good. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You two can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further 
than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12, the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today 
WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. That's right on. Good to see that there's a, a brothership between a couple of guys uh, trying to make their way out there on the track. Um, <clears throat> what are some of your fondest memories of your professional career? I you know you, you downplay them quite a bit, but uh, you had some success and you were able to uh, lock down some pretty decent rides out there, uh, especially on, like you said, some inferior equipment. What are some of your fondest moments? Um, I'd say probably uh, making my first uh, big bike, Supercross main. Um, I was, I was, Daytona Beach. Yeah, Daytona. I was uh, I was kind of disappointed, you know, with the way I was riding. But then, like once I crossed the finish line, I was like so pumped because I just made a big bike name, and that's like a oh, that's kind of a big deal making making really it's a big deal making any Supercross main, but uh, the four fifty or two fifty main, whatever is. I don't know. I, I felt like it was a pretty cool accomplishment for me. Um, and then, of course, um, and you making beat Keith Johnson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he probably crashed or something. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're too modest, my uh, friend. No, I, uh, I, I actually, uh, I don't know. I, I would always, uh, you know, I throw in some good laughs and everything, but. You know, halfway through the race, it's not that I got tired or anything. I would get, uh, I, I would lose interest. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I would just all of a sudden just get bored. So I think I was more of like a, a 15 minute moto guy. I think it's because I raced so many local races in my life. I was well, used to that. That's perfect for Loretta's. What's that? Oh, perfect for Loretta's? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, there's there's some pretty good guys in my class. Um, I, my goal, like I, I'd really like to get top five, but I, I see myself in the top ten as long as I stay motivated and everything. Like I don't know, I, I get uh, unmotivated pretty easily nowadays. I think it's because I'm old. I'm not sure. How old are you? 35. That's what I'm riding, the Bet 35 class. Bet 35 I, uh, class. Bet uh, 35. Go ahead. I was, uh, I was going to ride the Junior 25 also, and uh, at the regional, I DNF'd my last moto. And I, I didn't even feel like sending my money in for the alternate deal. I was just like, you know, I'll just focus on one class. 
Yeah. Well, it's quite the ordeal heading down there. Like, uh, who's all going down with you, and uh, what sparked the interest to want to uh, return to uh, Loretta Lynn's after 17 years removed, or <laughs> better That's part a of long time. 12, 12 years um, removed? Well, I don't know, man. I look at my dirt bike in the garage, and I'm like, man, that thing looks cool. Like, I want to get a ride. And I don't know, I think I did that a couple times. I went riding, and then one of my other buddies, uh, Mike Mercer, uh, he's, like, originally from, like, Toledo area, but he lives down here by me now. And uh, he got back into uh, racing, and we both just talked about qualifying for Loretta's and going. So we just, you know, went with it. Both went to the area qualifier, and then both went to the regional, and we both got qualified. He's riding the... uh, uh, just the 30 plus class, uh, sport class or whatever it is. Um, but I don't know. Uh, going down with me is going to be just me and my son. And then whatever day I got a break, I got to drive back home and drop him off to his mom. So that's going to be uh, a little difficult. And, but yeah. So then I'll be going back down by myself, so I'll be by myself down there. But um, I'll know somebody down there, so I'll be able to get a little bit of help. No doubt. Speaking of help, uh, you must have a little bit of a list of sponsors that are helping you out uh, to uh, put all this together. What kind of bike uh, are you riding? I am riding a uh, 2012 Suzuki 450. and uh, Yeah, actually, uh, what's that? Same bike that it is today. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah, and I I like the bike actually. Uh I got my suspension done. Uh FCR helped me out with that, got my suspension done. And uh you know, like uh, since I started doing the uh the Loretta's deal, I've had a uh, couple people pitch in to help me out. Um, like my work for one, which is conveyor solutions and then uh, Engine Ice, you know, they sent me some some stuff, some product, and uh, Sunstar, Sprocket, they've helped me out a bunch. Um, Linking, they do graphics and all that. And uh, Matt Fiesel, uh, Fly Rep, uh, he's actually helped me out uh, a ton. Like, he's got me some gear, uh, helmet, goggles. There's a there's Dragon, the no-frame goggles. Those things are freaking sweet. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, they, uh, they work pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I'm in a, a local shop, Moto Extremes. So I got I got a little bit of help. Not a bunch, but I don't expect nothing. I mean, it was I was wanting to do it myself, so whatever. I was going to go for it and do it. And then if I got help, I got help. And it's uh, it's appreciated uh, a lot. Well, right on, man. Um, as far as, uh, like, your expectations, you're hoping to be a top 10 guy. Um, do, you, do you ride a fair bit on local races still, like, like up until this point? And, uh, and if so, do you also do any skill at schools or, or anything quite like that? Uh, no, I've only raced twice. This year, I did my area qualifier and then regional. Um, wow. That's it. Yeah. Um, man, I'm freaking so busy all the time. I got... It's, it's crazy. I got trapped one all, all the time. 
Um, and <clears throat> I got my son, so I don't want to freaking drag him out of, you know, being a kid to go sit at a race and watch me race or whatever. So uh, I kind of, you know, when I got him, I'm like, let's go do whatever you want to do. Um, and actually we ride bikes together and stuff. He, he rides BMX, so that works out well. Um, but, um, you know, I ride mountain bikes, so I do that. And then I'll, I'll go rolling a little bit when I can. And then I'll go, I'll ride my dirt bike. Uh, I haven't been riding too much since the regional. I was kind of pissed off or am I allowed to say that? You can say whatever you want. It's the internet, my friend. Yeah. That's right, and it's Canada. You guys That's right. Just do whatever you want. Um, Canada's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I, I don't know. From the regional, I got kind of uh, pissed off just because I wasn't happy with my results. Um, I ended up third in my regional. I, uh, John Gruy freaking straight up smoked everybody in my class. Uh, but it was that red bud. He freaking calls the mail there. Um. And then uh, I, I ended up passing in the second last moto, and I made a mistake, got passed back, and ended up third. But I don't know, I wasn't too happy with that, and I was kind of debating on going or not. And then the last day, I'm like, screw it, I've gone this far, I might as well just go and see what happens. And um, yeah. So Are you racing in the I'm same ready. class as Todd DeHoop? No, no, I saw him up there, there, man. He freaking looked awesome. I was pumped. I saw him. I was talking to him. I'm like, I was just stoked he was racing. It was pretty cool. No, uh, I'm not sure what class he's riding, uh, but like uh, Robbie uh, Raynard and uh, let's see, Sebastian Tortelli, Scott Sheik. Oh, there's a, there's a few other guys. Dag Boyson. I didn't mm-hmm. even know that guy freaking existed anymore. <laughs> but yeah, he's gonna be there in my class. Uh, there's a there's a few people, and I kind of looked at some of the results from uh, last year uh, to see you know who was racing it again. A couple people dropped out. A couple people are back in it. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'll uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hell. That's for sure. Because um, I don't care. You know, whatever. That's awesome, man. And taking on Iron Sheik and uh, and Raynard, man. That's 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 throwing back to the nineties, right there. Yeah, uh, Raynard, uh, I believe, is on the gas pretty good. He swept all his motors at the regional, and then he swept it last year. So he's he. I'm pretty sure he practices. I, I'm fairly certain that he does. I think that he he's got a, a crew of kids that he's training on a daily basis. So uh, he probably throws a leg over a bike a, a couple more times uh, in a in a calendar year than you do. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be worried too much about uh, keep keeping tabs on him on the, out, out there on the track. Yeah, yeah, he probably does ride a little bit more, and he uh, he might have his bike a little bit more tuned than mine too. That very well Maybe. could be. Do you do all your work yourself, or as for any any motor mods that you do have going on? No, uh, my bike's all stock. Besides, you know, I got that FCR suspension, um, and then I'll have some cool graphics for the race. The Lincoln guys—they freaking got some crazy cool designs. Um, yeah, the only I guess 
modified parts I have is my cool graphics and my suspension and my my drive. So you know, it uh, that's it. Look I'm pro, ready. go slow, bro. <laughs> that's right. Actually, I think I'm getting an exhaust step. There you oh, go. Oh wait, 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 wait! wait. Uh, I forgot. Uh, I'm getting uh, uh oversized front brake radiator. Cause I, I I hate the front brakes on that thing. I can't stop. You're getting a moto style so, front brake radiator. Uh, I don't even know what brand it is. Somebody's ordering it up for me. That okay. and uh, the br- brake line. And I already have that, uh, the braking caliper. I'm going to throw that on. There you go. We got a few parts laying around the garage. Well, that's awesome, man. A um, few questions before I let you go. Um, best bike you ever had as a professional? Hmm. Man. Okay, so I got two answers for that. Cool. The best bike I ever had was going to be the BTS 4 Honda. But I just didn't have enough time on it to get, you know, at one with it. The bike was super fast, and they had, you know, some of the better equipment. I just, I wasn't used to it. Uh, So I would say that's the best bike that I've had. But the bike that uh, I think felt the best on me, or, you know, that I adapted with the most would be the, uh, uh, well, it was kind of a, uh, it was a KTM 1.5. Uh, Scott Pleasanger used to sponsor me, and uh, he hooked me up with that. And uh, also KTM, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, KTM of Texas, they both kind of helped me out. So uh, that bike... The KTM 1.5 was the shit. It was bad. It was good. How was the 250 that you rode in August of that year uh, in Steel City? <laughs> oh, the KTM? Yeah. That was scary. Dude, that was... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I, that bike... It, it's just scary. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, it was, that's, that's all it I've was heard. lightning fast. Lightning fast. It... It hit so hard, and the suspension was the worst. It's so bad, you just can't imagine it. And uh, it vibrated so bad, it was like, yeah, I got to this piece of shit. <laughs> but the 125 was great. The 125 was sick. I couldn't believe the difference. Like, I was pumped to get on a 250, and then I rode it, and I'm like, this, there's got to be something wrong with it. But there wasn't. It was just KTM 250. That's how they are. Yeah, actually, that would have been your most successful Supercross uh, season for you, 2003. You put in, uh, put it in the main for, uh, looks like five or six out of the, uh, or yeah, four out of the six rounds of the series. So uh, successful season for you. Um, that like I, I don't exactly remember that particular year for you for whatever reason, um, mainly because I think James Stewart was out there flying. Uh, but um, yeah, 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 that um, year was fun. That was a good year. Worst, I guess. Well, not say worst, but worst mud race you've ever raced. Oh, Daytona for sure. Holy cow! When that place was underwater, I don't know what year it was. I don't keep track of that stuff, but. Uh, oh, I was on a Yamaha, Yamaha 450. Uh, I picked it up right before that race. Went there, raced it, 
destroyed that bike. And, uh, like, the next day I had it on Craigslist or something, uh, Cycle Trade or whatever, trying to sell that thing. Got rid of that right away. I didn't, I didn't like the Yamaha much at all. I still don't. I've ridden a couple of them. I think they, uh, I think they suck. But, I mean, if somebody wanted to give me one, I'd take it. So. Then I'd say I like them. Then you'd say you like them. That's awesome. Um, coolest gear you ever, uh, gear set up? Like, one year where you thought, like, yeah, I look on point this year. Man. I don't know if I ever looked on point. Um, that Thor stuff you that. had back in, like, 04 was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I got it. Yeah, Thor, definitely. That's uh, when Beaker used to hook me up, and he had me looking good every freaking weekend. Um, I don't know. They had a, they had a, a vented line, the, the outdoor stuff that was vented. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the uh, the orange and red. I don't know if you remember yep. that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one, but 150 I, Mets I, I, in the back. Yeah, I really like that stuff. Um, but I don't think I had too many uh, sets of the orange and red. But, yeah, that was pretty cool because uh, uh, Beaker used to hook me up. He'd bring my gear to the races, pre-laddered everything, and he took care of me. That was cool. Him and uh, Rob Bidas, those mm-hmm. guys, uh, they hooked me up pretty well. They got me hooked up with a bike and gear and uh, with Pro Circuit, they had me uh, a little package deal set up. It was really cool. That's right on. Um, of all of the uh, throughout your career, I might you must have bumped heads with uh, either another privateer or even a factory guy. Um, did you have any like uh, run-ins with somebody where things got heated? Uh, and if if so, um, who's uh, who's the best out there with their words? Like who who could uh, chirp somebody uh, pretty good? Um. What do you mean by chirp somebody? Like, like, kind of—that's uh, kind of a hockey term, but uh, like, kind of, like, um, trash talk sort of thing. Uh man, there's there's so many freaking moto guys that trash talk and don't back it up. So <laughs> they're all like a bunch of little girls. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know I've had some pretty good heated moments and. Uh, I don't, there's actually one race not too long ago, um, some kid just freaking went straight and plowed me off the start, and we just, it was a slam fest the rest of the race, and he came up wanting to say something to me after the race, and I, I just rocked his ass, and we uh, started throwing down right in the, the uh, pits, and actually uh, the AMA was trying to suspend my pro license back then, too. They called me wanting to know what it was all about and what happened. And uh, I kind of got out of that. So, yeah, but uh, at pro racing, um, I don't know if I've really ever, you know, got into it with anybody really. But uh, I knew knew everybody kind of had, they all, or a little nervous when Tyler Evans was around. I know that. I mean, yeah, I don't think bunch. Yeah. I mean, I didn't care about anybody really, but, um, yeah, I remember seeing him get into a few things so he might, uh, chirp a little bit. Isn't that what you say? Chirp? Yeah. No, this is kind of like, kind of, yeah. Chirping. Like, you know, when someone, like when someone's like, 
talking to you and you give like kind of like the the mouth like like the like keep talking sort of motion with your hand like kind of like, yeah. like a bird's mouth yeah keep chirping kind of yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have to sometimes I have to remember that I'm not I'm always talking to my hockey buddies um, uh, what was the next, next question I had for you um, oh uh, time that you te- the, the worst hangover you've ever raced with worst hangover yeah <laughs> man when I was freaking young, I don't think I had hangers. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, I raced, um, blah, I'll tell you what, arena cross. I don't know if I raced any arena cross or sober. Um, I would usually, there was one time, okay, we were in Reno racing the arena cross. And, the arena cross, yeah. Yeah, well, I decided to race amateur day. So we all went out. I don't even know who I was. No, I didn't even stay anywhere. I ended up from the bar taking a taxi to the track. And I missed practice and everything and just ended up racing. I, I don't know. I think I, I might have won, but it was an amateur day. Uh, yeah, so I went straight from the bar to the track and uh, I raced. But I was hammered because I remember going through the loops like with the slowest reaction, like just cruising through them. Uh, I think it helped me out. It slowed down your reaction time enough to uh, loosen the screws and let you flow out there. Yeah, I was making it through. I was making it through good. But yeah, arena cross is basically just a party every weekend. Did you you do a fair bit of arena crosses uh, during your professional career? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I had like, I don't know, I, I got like ninth one year and then 12th another year. And uh, the money used to be good in Arena Cross. That's why I did it. Um, it. It was fun. Everybody was cool back then. And then, I don't know, they took the money away. And who the hell wants to get out there and freaking do that crap and not make any money? Exactly. Um, did you ever participate in either the, the 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 best trick competitions and or Dash for Cash? Um, yeah, I did the uh, Dash for Cash a few times, um, and I think I was in Little Rock or something one time, and I did uh, the jump contest. But I don't know. I I'm not into like you know having all the attention like just on me, you know, in front of all the people. Like, I hate when people are staring at me because I feel weird. So, I didn't do that stuff too much. But, they were, uh, they needed somebody else to do it and it was paying money, so I was like, alright, I'll do it. <clears throat> but, you know, I don't have no bag of tricks. I just did, I don't even know what I did. Can you do a heel clicker? Ah, uh, yeah, I can do that, but <laughs> Dude, that's like a French thing, isn't it? It, it it might as well be between uh, um, Marvin doing them, and then uh, I'm pretty sure DB had those in his in his back pocket back in the day. Heel clickers, I guess. Yeah, it must be uh, a French thing. So uh, not a French Canadian thing, but definitely a French thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, cool, Scott. I really appreciate you giving me some time. Uh, wish you all the best of luck down in Loretta Lynn's. And, uh, really, yeah, just uh, thanks for sitting down with me and uh, kind of go over your career a little bit. Yeah, 
uh, appreciate the call or whatever. I mean, <clears throat> it might have interview might have sucked or whatever, but. Well, I highly doubt yeah. that, my friend. I'll uh, I'll edit it down. I'll give it a listen uh, listen back and release it to the world and uh, see uh, see what they have to say about it. Yeah, and then I'll have to Facebook you after Loretta's. Let you know how it goes. For sure, absolutely. Love to hear from you, my friend. Uh, you have yourself a great night. All right, you too. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.